Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we are welcoming our very special guest, Harriet Morris. Harriet is the eating coach and empowers women to achieve up to a 95% drop in binge eating without feeling deprived or bad about themselves. Her own journey of recovery from compulsive eating and sugar addiction started when she turned 40. Using a blend of psychology and neuroscience to help her clients, Harriet helps them to dismantle their useless guilt and put their inner food rebels out of a job. Her podcast, The Eating Coach, has had over 200,000 downloads. She is also the creator of the Body Confident Project, which makes mirror acceptance entirely possible and within a month. And I had the pleasure of meeting Harriet at the New Media Summit. I think it was the virtual version of that. Uh, And that was earlier last year when we went into the pandemic, we had to do it virtually. And it's my pleasure to bring you to the show, Harriet. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Angel. It's exciting to be here from across the pond, as we say. Yeah. And you are in... I'm in, yeah, I'm in in England, um, right in the middle of nowhere, really, but uh, yeah. Beautiful. I'm in New England, right in the smack in the middle of New England. So (laughs) we are mirrored there in some way. And I love this idea about mirror acceptance. So let's talk about what was your journey to get to the place where you became the eating coach? Okay, so really my eating issue started when I was 12 and I remember sitting in a French class. It felt like the truth with a capital T sort of landed on my head and it was these three words, you are fat. Now, I wasn't, but that wasn't even the point. The point was all the hatred in there. I decided that I had to start dieting at that age, but that wasn't really what was going on. Binge eating, which I developed from the restriction, had three jobs. So it was about expressing shame. It was about getting pleasure because the primitive, we have a primitive drive for pleasure. So there was a weird double duty that it was doing. So you you eat the sugar and you, you feel incredibly high. And if you're like me, there's all these mood disturbances that happen. So you have the euphoria, then the crash. So I could look at the binge eating. I can go, that's why I'm awful. It's the food. When actually I was carrying around shame from abusive experiences from my neighbor, from boys and things like this. And then there was a protective aspect as well. And I don't think a lot of people talk about this. So my primitive mind, the primitive mind believes in nature, the bigger you are, the safer you are. Now it doesn't happen to 
work in human society. But that was where I was. I was on this emergency protective mission to put this protective fat suit on. Obviously, I didn't understand any of this at the time. But that, in retrospect, is what was going on. Wow. Okay. So one of the things that I'm aware of is when you're in fight or flight, which it sounds like you were in fight or flight because you'd been traumatized, right? When we're in fight or flight, we're constantly running the energy of adrenaline. And I also believe, I believe this, I haven't studied it scientifically, but I actually believe that we put on fat to insulate ourselves from this high energy and this heat that's running all the time as well. So beautiful. Well, I'd love to hear, so you were 12 and that was the kind of the initiation as you were going through your probably your rite of passage into puberty. Yeah. You also got initiated into this shame, pleasure and protection dynamic that mm-hmm. you were using binge eating to facilitate. So how long you did that until you were like 40? What happened between 12 and 40 that ultimately brought you to some kind of an awakening? Well, so I went through my teenagers, then I had a career, then I had children in my 30s, but all the time was this self-loathing. Uh, but I didn't even I didn't even think I was worthy enough to say that. I just thought I'm worthless. And then it was when I was coming up to 40, I thought I oh wow, I'm going to die one day. It was the big 4-0, let's do something a bit crazy. I had some hypnotherapy which had a limited impact, although it was interesting because it it made me see the power of my subconscious. And I thought instead of paying a hypnotherapist, I could actually start working with my subconscious and start trying to ask it questions. But there's two things that happened in 2012, which were a real turning point for me. I think I've run ahead of you there. No, you're uh, good. Angel. You're good. So there's these two scenes that I've got that were absolutely key in 2012. So I'd had the hypnotherapy and I'd started to look at my binge eating and um, had some success, but I was I was sort of in this limbo, no woman's land, so to speak. But then I had a I had an amazing gift in disguise called horrendous PMS. We say PMT here, but I know you say PMS there. And it went on for weeks and weeks. And my children, who were quite young at the time, were quite scared of me. I was I was very disturbed by this. And I went to the doctor and I sat down and I said, I feel crazy with this PMS. <laughs> so what she wanted to do was to give me hormonal contraception. And I said, this isn't going to work for me. I said, listen, I heard that if I tried to go without sugar, alcohol and caffeine for a month, it might really help my PMT. And she looked down her nose at me, and I'll never forget this. She said, well, you can try that if you like. She was so patronizing. And the reason it was a gift in disguise is that I was like, right, lady, I am going to show you. I'm go- I know this will be hard, and I knew it was the sugar. The coffee and the alcohol were not big things for me, but it was the sugar. And I was like, I'm going to do this for this month. So I went into it as an experiment, and that's very important. Instead of I must be a good girl and go without sugar, it's like I'm crazy. My kids are scared of me. I'm going to do this. So within two weeks, I felt my moods level out. I felt my energy go up through the roof. My skin started to clear up. And I'll never forget this feeling of, wow, do you know what? I like myself. And I hadn't realized that I just hadn't liked myself before, like the whole of my life. I was 41 at this point. So this, it was it was huge revelation, even though I, I certainly wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't all, oh, this is easy now. It's still very challenging time. Well, I love that you had the divine intervention of somebody looking down their nose at you. 
Uh, because it's almost like the shame there was a tool, right? So she yeah. she leveraged the tool of shame, you know, with an outcome that ended up being a hugely powerful outcome for you. Maybe she didn't intend it to be no, a hugely no. powerful outcome for you because <laughs> she had another intention. But let's say thank you to her for for providing that intervention for you. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. after you did your two weeks and had all of these kind of miraculous shifts, right? And I myself have gone sugar-free in the last like four years. I mean, I still have like maple syrup and coconut sugar and things like that. But for the most part, I haven't had white sugar in a very long time and white flour and stuff like that. But after the two weeks of this experiment where you were starting to see immediate results for yourself, these immediate results, take us a little bit forward from there. What happened that actually invited you into starting to help other women to do the work that you were doing on your own experiment? Yeah. So, so after six weeks of this, it was, I won't say struggle because struggle is effort without any success or any outcome. I was doing it, but I was having to make an effort every day. And what happened was uh, my, my major difficult time where I think I, I would have thought I'd be tempted was the supermarket. So I used to stand there in front of the, the junk food. And then I came up with this, uh, this thing called text salvation. And I invite anybody, I'm going to give this to you, this little trick here anybody because this really helped me in those early days I asked a friend if she would mind being my text buddy and so I'd look at the food and I think the junk and I think right just five minutes just stay away for five minutes and I call that five minute willpower I wasn't asking myself to walk away forever I was far too compulsive this is the thing I had no self-belief so I'd send her a text and say I'm in the supermarket I really want some chocolate I'm, I'll walk away, but I'll text you in five minutes. But then this amazing thing happened. I'd walk away and then I would feel so good that I wouldn't need to go back, that the craving became a non-issue. And then one day, this was in the middle of August, so it was after six weeks, I got up and I thought, that's it. I don't care. I've had enough. I'm going to rebel today. Today's the day. And I was planning it. It was like a prison breakout, it felt like. So I, I went to the super. I stood there. I was like, what am I going to have? Which one? And as I was deciding, uh, most strange, and it was a bit magical, my feet turned and walked in the other direction. And you know, the thing is, Angel, because I'm generally attached to my feet, I had to go as well. But it was really funny because one hand, I was quite annoyed. I was like, but I wanted my sugar. And on the other hand, I thought, I know what's going on. And I worked it out, which, which is that over the previous six weeks, I'd been training my subconscious to react differently to the cue of I've got a craving. And it was get, this is what you do with your hand when you've got a craving. You get your phone out, you text your friend, and then you walk away. And even though I missed out that middle bit, my subconscious was like, okay, we're going to walk away. And that was the point. It wasn't the point at which I thought everything's easy, but that was the point where I just had this, I'm never going back. And this is amazing. And I, I know once I got my subconscious on board, it was like all full steam ahead. And that was a real, it was like a psychic shift. I don't think psychic's the word, but... A, it's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a psychological as well as psychic shift yeah, as well as, yeah. yeah. So your your physical body got trained and exercised yes. repeatedly for six weeks so yeah. that it knew better 
than this inner food rebel. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing is that I had no self-belief. I did it five minutes at a time. You know, at the beginning, I was just doing an experiment and I was doing it for my kids, really, because I didn't like the person, I, the mother that I was with them. And that's the thing. I know it's an old cliche journey of a thousand miles or something begins with one step, but it's true. And all I did is I blocked out the rest of the journey. It was just step by step. as an experiment. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Well, we are already at the break. And when we come back, we're going to let everyone know where you can find out more about Harriet. Uh, But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use some help. If you're enjoying this show and you want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. There's a little button right there you can push and send us some PayPal fun funds. We also have some buttons on that page for you to join our Wickedly Smart Women community. This year is our year to start building that out. And we're going to have a a group on Facebook. And so if you go ahead and sign up to be on our mailing list uh, on that page, that will get you more information about our Facebook group. It will also get you more information about our store. We are also in the process of developing a store. So we'd love to also ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. And we want to say a huge thank you to our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. We are now up to The last time I printed this out, it was 62 countries, and that was like a week ago. I just checked today, though, we're actually up to 66 countries. So we're going to say a big shout out today to our listeners in the UK, because that's where Harriet is. (laughs) Uh, Let's see who else. Sierra Leone and Tajikistan. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we will be right back with Harriet Morris. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Harriet Morris. She is known as The Eating Coach, and you can find out more about Harriet and receive a complimentary gift from her at theshiftinside.com forward slash gift. And we will have that in the show notes as well for you, that link. And that's theshiftinside.com forward slash gift. Harriet, can you let our listeners know what they're going to find there? Yes, there's a video series called Three Mind Shifts to End Binge Eating, and it will bring in some of the things that I've spoken about today. And after each video, there'll be a practical to do. So I'm I'm very much into ideas that you can implement and test out, really. 
Yeah, beautiful. So one of the things I love about you, Harriet, is that you actually set yourself up for so much success by choosing to make it an experiment, by choosing to say, I wonder what will happen. And this is actually something that I teach people around welcoming a wealthy life. Like the first step to welcoming a wealthy life is being in that sense of curiosity and being in that sense of wonder. So I really appreciate that. And I think that it's a huge key to creating any kind of conscious change in your life, whether it's around eating or whether it's around, you know, the work that you do or whether it's around your relationships. So I really love that. And I just want to underscore that for our listeners. So whatever you can do, listeners, to put yourself in a state of experimentation and wonder and that childlike sense of curiosity and innocence around, I wonder what will happen if I do X or Y. The other thing I really love Harriet, is that you actually set yourself up in what I like to call, you know, baby bird bites. Like you took this experiment and broke it down into those step-by-step little tiny steps, baby bird bites, but then surprised yourself six weeks later to see that you had trained your body to actually take care of itself. You trained your body to take care of itself. So that's a beautiful thing. And I'd love to have you talk a little bit about how you got into coaching and maybe tell us a story about one of the clients that you've helped with the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So after the the sugar thing, basically, I tried to coach everyone, and I went around telling everybody they would. I'd be at these uh, coffee mornings with mothers because my kids were quite young at the time, and I'd, they'd be eating their biscuits, and I'd tell them how evil the sugar was, and that didn't go down well with them. But it was good for me because it cemented my identity as I'm not going back. But I kind of gave up that when I realised I was losing friends fast. So what happened in 2013 was I trained and I trained with the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. And that was great because that gave me some nutritional distinctions, some psychological distinctions to overlay my own experience. So typically what I'll do with a client when they come in is there's certain nutritional distinctions to look at and experiments to do that give them a sense of success quite early on. And then I'll bring in my experience. And so that works really well. So as a client story, there are so many. Let me have a think. I'm going to talk about one client. And her issue was she got very stressed. She worked very long hours. She's a nurse. And her issue was on the way home, she would visit a certain fast food joint. I won't uh, (laughs) tell you the name, but you can imagine. And she said, Harriet, this is a real problem. So I knew that she was quite compulsive about that at the time. So I thought, what's the easiest thing to do? And I said, do you think you could go to work without your purse? Your or his wallet. Your purse is your bag, isn't it? Purse is what we keep our our cards and our without you know your money, your wallet. So that's what she did. So she'd be coming back from. She could arrange her life that she didn't need a wallet to go to work. But what the great thing is that she would come home and she'd go past the fast food place because she just we'd taken away the ability for her to do that, and that was the easiest thing to do rather than getting her to use things like self discipline. And she did tell me on a later call that. She ended up in a place where she could go out to that very same place and get fast food for her partner without having any at all. So I've got countless stories like that where we, we just 
we sort of we go in the back door of their compulsion and their 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 all these this fighting they're having with themselves. So beautiful, yeah, yeah it's fun. It's, it's, it's really yeah. fun. What I really love about you is not only your experimentation but your creativity. Like like where would you have thought of that? You know, that's a really powerful creative alternative because I think many, many people who, you know, they know they have eating issues. They know that they're behaving in ways that don't feel like they are being healthy for themselves or their relationships with other people or whatever. But there's so much heaviness in the world of dieting and the world of, you know, food and things like that. So I love that you make it playful. I love that you make it playful. So I want to ask now, Harriet, what do you want to express about stepping into coaching and becoming somebody who had to value your own vision? Because I don't know that you were in the coaching industry before. So did you come out of like a full-time job or, you know, this is like the piece of the show where we like to encourage anybody who's out there thinking about having their own business what inspired you to start your own business when you were starting to turn off all of your friends <laughs> as, as you were chasing after them and saying, don't eat that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a previous career as a teacher and I come from a family where everyone's employees. My brother's always had his own business, but so many people that seem to be like, oh, I just know how to do my own business. And I didn't really have anyone to learn from. I just had this, when I found out about the the training that was there and I realized it was perfect and a perfect compliment for me, I was just like, I want to help people. And you can end up, because I was a people pleaser as well, you can end up just burning yourself out. So you learn as you go along. And I think, again, experimentation is the thing. And I would say play to your strengths, I think. So one of my strengths is podcasting. And that's really that's really helped me. I, like, I love broadcasting. I love having these ideas. Some people, it's it's something different. I love that you actually got clear that you might have moved your compulsive eating into compulsive working with your business initially. And so I'm curious because that's something that can often happen when people have those behavior patterns is once they create a connection and a transformation in one area, it can actually move to another area of their life. So what I'm hearing is you also had to apply some discipline in your business to or not apply some maybe creativity and experimentation in your business to find the sweet spot where you weren't burning yourself out with podcasting. So I just want to congratulate you on over 200,000 downloads. That's amazing. That's an astonishing amount of downloads. I just really appreciate you as a fellow podcaster as well. <laughs> so bringing your voice out there. Let me ask one last question before we close our time together. And that is, Let's talk a little bit about asking for help, asking for help either in your business or, you know, helping people to understand that it's okay to ask for help when they have challenges. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about either how you have discovered how to ask for help yourself in your business or in other areas of your life or how you help to affirm people when they do understand that it's okay to ask for help or encourage them to ask for help. Yeah, so I think it's important to have coaching. I think if you're a coach, you will never accept coaching. That's what's the point? We all need to be vulnerable and open. So I think it's a case of finding the right fit 
because I have I've been in coaching programs where I could tell that the coach that she really enjoyed working with the people who seemed to have the immediate ahas and were like, you're great. <laughs> Whereas I was in the corner saying, I'm falling apart here because I'd had this big revelation and I, I was taking some time to process it. And that not everybody's going to be right, but you just need to keep looking. And also that help can come in unusual places. So sometimes it might come from a peer. Sometimes it might come from a book. And then sometimes from a coach, but I think it comes from in different places. I don't think there's, you know, one source of help, but yes, absolutely. So, and I've, what I've been really impressed with, I've noticed on LinkedIn in the last few weeks, because in the UK, we've gone into our third lockdown and the weather's dark and dingy and we're a nation who are profoundly affected by the weather and I've seen people on LinkedIn saying my kids haven't done any work this morning I'm really struggling and this is you know it's a business place it's not it's not Facebook and it's great to just say yep we are all struggling at the moment and be open about that so I don't know if I've answered your question yeah you did a great job there Harriet and I just want to encourage anybody who's listening who does know that binge eating is something that they want some help with to get in touch with Harriet. At the very least, start by listening to her podcast at The Eating Coach and up those download numbers for her. (laughs) (laughs) And certainly feel free to leave her a rating and review. Be sure also to get her gift, The Three Mind Shifts to End Binge Eating at theshiftinside.com forward slash gift. And um, I'm just really grateful that you came to be with me today, Harriet, and I'm looking forward to um, really elevating, celebrating, and spotlighting your work because I am here to help people leave behind suffering as well. And so when I can help somebody like you who's helping people out of suffering, then it's just this huge ripple effect. So I'm just really grateful you were here and thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you so much from me as well. It's been been a wonderful interview and um, I love that you're such a thoughtful interviewer, if you don't mind me saying. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I received that. And listen, (laughs) Listeners, if you enjoyed this interview, we do love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. I actually want to shout out this week to Deborah Stengel, who sent in a donation. Thank you, Deborah. We really appreciate receiving, and we encourage even more folks to send in donations because it helps us to stay on the air. So thank you so much for your support. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.